0: Welcome to Brisbane West Vineyards Podcast. It's great to have you with us. We're a community of people sharing God's love, power, and life that's revealed in Jesus. We gather Sundays, 5pm, at Good News Lutheran School in Middle Park. We exist simply for the King and His kingdom, that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: It's really nice to, um, it's good to be here tonight. And it's a real privilege to be able to, um, share with you as part of this series. Um, the series that we're going through now is, is called Living Sacrifice. Um, and the heart behind the series is just to give us all an opportunity to take stock of where we're at and to have an opportunity to to dedicate our lives anew, um, to God and the messages, um, if you didn't have a chance to listen to Jonathan's message, cause he kicked off the series a couple of weeks ago. Um, I really encourage you to have a listen because it's, I've listened to it a couple of times now. It's a message that's just dripping with God's grace. It's, um, about being a living sacrifice, but it's really focused on what God did for us. And the messages that are following are just practical ways that we can think about our lives and think about the things that we're doing and, um, and just invite God into that space. So they're not meant to be doing messages. It's just about going, okay, God, on this issue, where am I at? And Holy Spirit, can you come into my heart and can you um, just reveal more of yourself? So that our actions or our response become an outflow of our hearts as we experience more freedom in, in Jesus and um i've obviously had the benefit of a, a week or more to be meditating on the passage that we're going to read tonight but um as i was doing that and i was as i was thinking about the passages i was just asking god as different thoughts came up and different attitudes came up i was just saying why do i feel like that why is that un- what what's the underlying attitude or or thought there and so i encourage that i encourage you to do that also tonight invite the holy spirit to reveal um things within you and Um and to come and renew our minds. So I thought I'd start by having a quick look at the verse that Jonathan gave us as the key verse for the um the series. Thanks, Ken. If you thank you. Do you know what? I didn't write down in my notes where it was from. So it's Romans 12, 1 to 2, and the translation I've used is Tom is the Bible for everyone. It's it's a new translation by N.T. Wright, and um it's one that I've been enjoying reading. And Um, when Jonathan did his message, he he read it from a couple of um, different translations and, and it's just interesting doing that sometimes. So my dear family, this is my appeal to you by the mercies of God. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and appropriate worship. What's more, don't let yourselves be squeezed into the shape dictated by this present age. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can work out what God's will is what is good, acceptable and complete. So my prayer tonight is that, Holy Spirit, that you come and open our minds and our hearts to be transformed so that we can know what is your will, um, what's good and acceptable and complete. Thanks, Ken. you can go to the next slide. So last week we saw a beautiful example of someone who worshipped Jesus with reckless abandon. And tonight we're going to look at another character in the Bible, someone who gave themselves wholeheartedly. And if we let ourselves be constrained by the patterns of this world, we would say um, she gave herself recklessly. Let's have a read. Oh, and I have some props, which is why I needed the table. So we're going to read from Mark 12, 41 to 44. Thanks, Ken. As he sat opposite the the temple treasury, He watched the crowds putting money into the arms boxes. Lots of rich people put in substantial amounts. Thanks, Ken. Then there came a single poor widow who put in two tiny coins, together worth a single penny. Jesus called his disciples. I'm telling you the truth, he said. The poor widow just put more into the treasury than anybody else. Thanks, Ken. You see, all the others were contributing out of their wealth, but she put in everything she had. Out of her poverty, it was her whole livelihood. I just want to give you a moment to think about what your response is to this story. A lot of us here will have heard this story before. So just take a moment to think, how does this story make you feel? Are you feeling free and open? Are you feeling squirmish or a little uncomfortable? Or are you feeling a little like this character? Thanks, Ken. Have you all seen Lord of the Rings? This is Gollum. I found Gollum very frightening actually when I saw um, this movie. Actually, I think I had nightmares about Gollum. He was so drawn to the ring and it held so much power over him that his whole mind and his body were corrupted. Um, But the reason I found it so unnerving is because if you spent any time with our family, you'll know that Precious is our uh, family love name. (laughs) And it has been ever since I met Michael. So um, I, I couldn't get the way he said my Precious out of my mind and for a little bit, a little season after watching that movie, I, um, I, had, I had to go, oh, I don't know, Michael, if you can call me that anymore, but it's okay. We got past it and now we call all our families precious. Thanks, Ken. So I'll be honest with you, this story challenges me. It, it always has. When we did the Roos series last year, we looked in a lot of detail about the difficulties that were faced by our widows in that, in that period of time. They had no one to support them. This text specifies that she's poor and she lives in poverty. And actually, this lady didn't have enough. So when they were coming to the um, the temple to give their offerings, there's a whole range of ways they could give their offerings. They could buy doves or they could buy it for a a bird offering, which I've just gone blank about. Um, Or they could buy Wood or the guilt offering, or they could buy wood for burning on the altar. Um, but these two little coins wouldn't have provided her enough money to buy any of that, so she will have been putting her money into the free will offering, which was used for the building of the temple. So it was used to support a system that, if you read the chapters leading up to this, or the one or two chapters leading up to this story, Jesus was showing to be a corrupt system, it's something that um, that hu- humanity had, had corrupted. So at times when I've heard this story, um, I've been uncomfortable because I've seen myself as the other characters who are giving out of their excess. And there are times that I've heard this story and I felt um, a longing to be free um, or, or maybe a fear. What if God asked me to give everything? I really want to. Could I do it? And then there have been other times that I have, I have felt more freedom and, and I hear the story and I'm encouraged to be even more generous. Um, I don't know if I said this at the start, but it's okay. Whatever the feeling is that you're feeling, I just think it's really good that we identify that feeling and then be open to ask the Holy spirit, you know, what it is, where it's coming from, and what does he want to do with it? Just to experience more of his freedom. And whilst this, this, Topic this week is about what we do with um, our wealth, um, and I mean, what the widow did in this story was to give it all to Jesus. Um, this is really a story about a heart wanting to be obedient. Um, that it was an example where Jesus was giving of someone who was obeying the covenant um, requirement to give. So he and his disciples are sitting in the temple, and Jesus uh, is observing the heart attitude of various people. And he points her out and he says, this, this woman has given everything. She's given far more than anyone else because she's given with an open heart. She's given everything she has. So whilst it's an example of finances, the deeper message is about being faithful to um, covenant that we make with Jesus. To love and to serve and to honour him in everything that we do. But there was something else that I realised this week when I was meditating on this passage. And it's something that I always do when I read the Bible. I often read it from the perspective of the individual character. What can we learn from this character? How are they an example for how I should live? How can I do it too? I forget, it's all about me. It sounds like it's all about me. I forget that the main character of the Bible is actually God. And um, all of the stories in the Bible are revealing more about God and who God is. So if we think about it from that perspective, Jesus is commending this poor widow for her um, sacrificial giving and he's contrasting it to the re- to the religious leaders and he's saying they all gave out of their wealth but she out of her poverty and she put everything in everything she had to live on and if you read the previous chapters he's he's again he's looking at the system that is not that is failing the poor a system that's not looking after the poor and recognizing that we needed an, um, a complete sacrifice and complete and total gift in order to bring salvation. So this message is not specifically about the woman or her example. It's an indication of what Jesus was going to do for us. I don't know if I'm, if I'm um, expressing it sufficiently, but it really changed my perspective when I realised, you know, those moments we go, oh, it's not all about me. It's actually about him. It's what he did. And it's not... It's what he did not so that we had to strive to do the right thing, but so that we can be um, set free to, to live like him, so we can be for him rather than do for him. So then I asked God, what is it that is driving us or holding us in relation to this topic? And, and why do we, why do I try to hold on tightly to what I have? Why is it hard to acknowledge that he's given it all to us so that we can freely give? And, and the thought that came to mind was that money is one of those areas that we do find it really hard to trust what God says is good. Um, if you think about the driving powers of our world today, it's like sex, money and power. Money is one of those areas that we find it really hard to give over to God because we, we earned it. We want to decide how to use it and determine what is good and clever. Do we trust that he will provide for all of our needs? And so when we're feeling that way, are we being constrained by the patterns of this world that say we need to do X, Y, and Z to get somewhere? Or can we trust God when he says, I will provide? Are we being led by uh, a mindset of um, abundance, God's abundance, or a mindset of scarcity that we need to hold on and save and scrape? Um... And then that brought me to remembering there was a podcast series I listened to with with the kids in the holidays um, by The Bible Project. And it was about five episodes, but they condensed it down to a five-minute video. So I thought that we'd watch that, that now.
0: Imagine your friend invites you to a party. You arrive and there's lots of people, decorations, food and drink. There's enough for everyone. When you're hosted by someone that generous, you don't have to worry about your needs. You can just enjoy yourself and focus on the people around you. Yeah, that's what a good host wants for her guests. And this is the picture of the world that we find in the Bible. Creation is an expression of God's generous love. He's the host and humans are his guests in a world of opportunity and abundance. And we're called to keep the party going, to spread his goodness. This is a beautiful picture, but it's not the way people experience the world. Rather, we find a world of scarcity and struggle, not abundance. And Jesus grew up in that kind of world. Under military occupation, people losing their land or families to debt and poverty. And yet, he would say things like this Look at the birds. They don't store up food for themselves, yet they have enough. Or consider the wildflowers. They're beautiful and abundant, and they don't stress about their existence. And you all should live that way, too. But surely Jesus knew that things don't always work out. I mean, sometimes... There really isn't enough. And Jesus did experience poverty firsthand, but he viewed the world through the story of the Hebrew scriptures, which claimed that our scarcity problem isn't caused by a lack of resources. Rather, the problem is our mindset that God can't be trusted. Maybe God's holding out on me maybe there isn't enough, and maybe I need to take matters into my own hands. And once we're deceived into that mindset of scarcity, we can justify the impulse to take care of me and mine before anyone else. And that leads to envy, anger, violence, and a world where it seems like there's not enough. The party's over, it's turned into a battleground. But God wants humans to experience his generosity. And so he chooses one people, the family of Abraham. And he promises to give them the abundance that he wants for everybody else. God will provide what they need. All they have to do is trust his generosity. And through them, the whole world will see how generous the host really is. But that is not what happens. Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, enter a land of abundance and they promptly forget the host who gave it to them. They act like it's all theirs and like there's not enough. And it leads to war and Israel's self-destruction. If I were the host of this party, I think I'd just give up. But God doesn't give up. What he does is surprising. He gives another gift. Another gift? Yeah, but this gift is different. What God gives is himself. All right, and Jesus, the host himself, comes to join in on the spoiled party. And notice, Jesus lives with the conviction that there is enough and that our generous host can be trusted. His mindset of abundance allowed him to live sacrificially and generously, even towards his enemies. And Jesus called his followers to trust in God's abundance like him. And that's why he said things like sell your possessions and give to the poor or don't worry about your life. He's inviting us to live by a different story, one that is built on trust in God's goodness and love. But living generously doesn't mean life is gonna go well. I mean, look at Jesus. He was betrayed by his friends and he suffered. And this was no surprise to Jesus. He knew that people would take advantage of his generosity. In fact, that was his plan. Really? Yeah, think about it. Jesus knows that we're all hopelessly deceived by this lie that there's not enough. Yeah, that lie needs to be defeated. And so that's what Jesus was doing when he gave us the gift of his life. Jesus' death was the ultimate expression of God's generous love. Yeah, God's love can turn death into life and scarcity back into abundance. Or as the apostle Paul put it, you know the gift of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, that even though he was rich, For your sake, he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And Jesus called his followers to live like the real party has begun. Yes, he called it the kingdom of God. And our invitation to this party is yet another gift. The personal presence of God's own spirit that can teach us how to trust the generosity of the host, just like Jesus did. And when you believe there's enough, you start seeing opportunities for generosity everywhere with our time and money, our attention. Yes, one of the most important ways that we can experience the abundance of God's new creation is sharing with others because of our trust that God is the generous host.
1: I find it amazing the way that they can capture a biblical theme and then condense it down to a five minute video. So in terms of renewing our mind, Here's another, that's actually another quote from the um, the Bible project, but I found it um, to be quite good. Generosity is a rebellious act against our culture. I like that, a rebellious act against our culture. By it, we say no to a scarcity mindset and yes to Jesus, who says that we are enough and that we have enough. This allows God's grace to flow freely into our lives through us and to others. When we realise the depths of God's grace in our lives, we can confidently say, I have everything, therefore I'm free to, to give everything. I just love the way that God um, moves uh, on a Sunday through um, different people with um, a, with a theme like the the worship songs. All tonight had this um, theme of recognising that because of God's grace, um, we're set free and we can worship him with, with all of us. And um, the word that kept popping out throughout the worship was um, my soul, my soul sings and i'm just um reminded that in the old testament the word for soul was nefesh and nefesh was a term that wasn't it's not like body and soul it was an all encompassing um term for um for body for the essence of a person so because of what god has done for us we can worship him with our body and and i think that's what this series is about being um how can in a practical way how can we serve god with all of ourselves um so that's um what I have in terms of some thoughts. Um, and so what we're going to do now is we're going to break into to some groups and we're going to reflect. I think last week we broke into groups of about four. Um, but this topic's quite personal. So I encourage you to be um, to be brave and, and share and be ready to give a testimony of God's um, goodness and then to pray with each other um, that we get to know that we get to know him more, uh, get a um, greater depth of freedom in him. So on the next slide, oh yep, awesome. Um, before we do that, I'll just I'll just pray. Father God, I thank you for the wonderful gift of your Son Jesus. I thank you that through Him we're set free, because of your love we're set free. And I I just um, thank you that as you draw near to us, we increasingly are set free to do what you what it is that you're calling to do. Your 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 Spirit is inside of us so that um, as I said in the video, we, we can be more free, but we can also know your guiding hand and know what it is that you're wanting us to do. So yeah, I just pray that we be open to everything that you have for us um, as we're discussing this evening and as we're opening our, opening our hearts and minds to this, this word. Thank you, Jesus.